0: Hello everyone and uh, welcome to another MEF Connect webinar. The title of today's discussion is Setting a Roadmap for Value Added Services in the 2020s. Uh, my name is Tim Green, I'm the editor of uh, Mobile Ecosystem Forum and this session is a bit like going back to the future for us because um, MEF was actually started to represent the Value Added Services community. Uh, 2015, 20, 20 years ago when we launched it was the mobile entertainment system and We launched in response to the rise of uh, value-added services like ringtones and wallpapers which unleashed an exciting new market. Obviously we've had a a lot of changes since then we've got 4G and video and smartphones and new business models and freemium and advertising and all sorts of things but the fundamentals remain the same which is that people still want to express themselves and they want to be entertained and informed on mobile. So what is happening in the world of value-added services and where is it headed? Um, well, I'm delighted to be joined by four experts who know a bit about this. They are Ansel Robertson, who is the Business Development, Head of Business Development at Sam Media. She's joining us from Amsterdam. Uh, Bola Afuye, she's the uh, Head of Digital Services at Nine Mobile, all the way from Nigeria. Christopher Hensela is the Operations Director of uh, for Central Europe at Telecoming, uh, based in Spain, but he's calling in from Germany. And Tenny Stuffman is the Business Development Director of Astonet's group in Nigeria. So, a very global contingent. Um, what could go wrong, technically? I hope nothing. Um, before we start, um, just a quick reminder, some housekeeping issues. Uh, this session's going to last about 40 minutes. Uh, we're going to be recording it so that um, and publishing it on the site, so you can watch it again or share with any uh, colleagues who might be interested. And if you want to ask a question at any time, please do uh, use the Q and A button at the bottom of the screen, and I'll be checking that throughout, and I'll make sure all your questions are addressed. So um, let's kick off. Let's start off with um, a definition. What is value-added services? Um, how has it changed since uh, twenty years ago? And we'll ask Tenny first. She's got Baz in the name of her company, so she should be an expert. So uh, <laughs> Tenny, maybe you can tell us. You know, how do you, as a company, define value-added services at present?
1: thank you Tim. oh wow value added service it's, <laughs> it's um you know adding value to services is like the extra factor that you bring into what you do um i will i will relate it with um several things does not not just um uh, mobile it's it can you know you can you can add value to so many things um in in Making sure your customer is satisfied, basically. So, uh, for me, um, other than the fact that va- value-added services added to vast nets, uh, value-added service really—it's just uh, making sure your customer is satisfied, top notch. Making sure you provide what exactly it's a need to the customer, um, ensuring that the customer is um, is not wasting, um, uh, you know time or or any other thing rather than you know just making sure that they're satisfied so to say yeah you caught me unaware
0: (laughs) yeah i mean it's obviously more than just entertainment products isn't it so i know you do work in the health sector and things like that so um maybe you could tell me which which sectors you uh you're active in whether it's health or or payments and so on
1: well, so Vastnet, um, Vastnet is a trade partner. We are also wireless application service providers, and then we, we say we are Vastnet because we add value, added service to the mm-hmm. networks. Um, we cover majorly every area. To, 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 you know, um, we, we we started from the you know we mentioned ring back, coloring back tones, and all of that. That was the genesis of Vastonet. and then. The demand and the evolving of, um, you know, new solutions, disruption, and all of that, has widened the space of value-added service. So it's now in health, it's in finance, it's in agri, it's not just limited to entertainment and gossip as, as it used to be. It's now, uh, you know, something that customers are willing to pay for if it's good, if it's good enough for them. So really, um, we, we invest in it, for instance, we, we ensure that whatever it is we're providing as value-added service, it's not just um, something that is, you know, it could be time-framed, but it has to have impact, so to say. So it's cut across all sectors. It's not limited to one sector. It's not, you know, it used to be, oh, everybody say value-added services, it's just centered around telecom services, but right now, value-added services are extended beyond telecom services, even to the financial sector. You know, you know what we have seen in, in in fintech today. If you ask me, is value-added service to what? Yeah, what is happening in the banking sector? What we see in um, you know engineering and you know Internet of Things and all of that. They are adding value to what is existing. You know, so yeah. basically, it's a major. It's a major thing now. Unlike what we used to have before if I may, and, uh, if I may...
0: yeah i was going to come to you ansel actually because obviously it's, it's the european maybe it's a different perspective from european maybe you can tell us a bit about that
2: so so firstly i wanted to add what uh, what uh Taini was rightfully saying when she was defining you know Baz as, as a value add it's mm. also about the 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 perception of value to the end user mm. and in the in the in the multitude of markets that we're live in of course we see that differ from market to market What's mm. valuable to a user in, the, in a developed market is mm. different to a user that may be in Tanzania or South Africa or the like. Um, but at the same time, that, that core need remains. Uh, uh, and, the, and the core needs, or, or one of three things actually, if you will, that I think led to the creation of VAZ of 20 years ago, uh, mm. I was not there at the time then, but uh, uh, I think is, is, is the need to, to full so to fill mm. time. Uh, like we've seen with uh, uh, with our users in Kenya, that spend a lot of time commuting and want to watch short, snackable content videos on the bus while they do. Um, the need to fulfill, so users need to 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 self uh, uh, enhance, uh, and that's when we get to stuff like m-learning. Uh, and the need to and the need to feed, so the need to feed back to a social community, so to post what it is that I've learned. To post this news that I've received, or, or whatever. And at, at the end of the day, I think those three things still still remain at the core of us. So, yeah. so whether we're talking about uh, you know the African market, and 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 you've now uh, posed me the question in terms of how that differs in, in, in Europe, uh, I think um, how we how we deliver that value add uh, differs from market to market, but the core need, uh, does not. Um, what we've also seen is uh, in the past. Um, when we were talking about value-added services, it was always uh, 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 ring-fenced to digital content. Of course, in the earlier days, a ringtone or a wallpaper or whatever. But what we've increasingly been starting to do is adding uh, tangible benefits to end users who, who use our services or who remain using our services after a period of time. Uh, think about, uh, for example, delivering. Little cardboard headsets uh, by co- uh, by post for uh, for VR uh, VR air and VR users in in markets like uh, Malaysia Indonesia and the Philippines. Uh, think about uh, uh, discounts uh, at bookstores or on uh, newspaper subscriptions for users who who use our uh, language learning uh, uh, tools in markets uh, like Spain and south africa so so we've seen a, a, a real uptake and, and, and we've seen the popularity in the rise of combining uh, uh, Tangible value, tangible benefits to to the uh, uh, traditional value add that comes with digital content uh, services.
0: So um, we're, we're going to come back to some of those more um, uh, future gazing ideas um, later on. But Christopher, um, maybe I can come to you because um, yes. to what extent is um, you know that we, we sort of touched on the traditional market for VAS, the the, in, the industry that the the products that define the industry in the early days. Have have Google and and um, and Facebook and Spotify and, and Netflix, have they sort of destroyed the market for those more traditional products and you've had to go and look for it to create new products? Or is there still a market for, you know, text alerts and the sort of things that, you know, people can go to Google for? Are there still a market for those sorts of things? Um, I, I mean, to tackle the first part of your question, have they destroyed the market?
3: Mm. No. Um, maybe I would admit they made it more difficult because uh, creating value got more uh, complicated for companies like us. You know, competing with a service like Spotify or Netflix is very difficult. They are globally uh, public companies and uh, competing with those big players and creating real value became more difficult. Uh, this uh, This is true. But uh, it's still possible, and the market is uh, for sure not dead. And um, to answer the second part of your um, question, um, if there's still if there, it was if there's still a market for traditional products, and I, I believe you mean text textiles, uh, ringback tones, yeah. uh, wallpapers, um, I would say yes. But. Um, Quite limited to certain countries. So, for example, when I speak about the German market, I think ringback tones uh, was a thing maybe 2005, uh, and then disappeared quite quickly. And uh, but I believe there might still be some Asian, some African markets um, with the low penetration of smartphones where uh, where this might still be a thing. But uh, globally, I would say it's uh, it's quite small. Um, the market for those traditional services uh, uh, or products is quite small uh, nowadays. So our job is to to find the uh, niches and the products to uh, create real value in, in this environment of uh, competing with the, those global OTTs uh, like Spotify and uh, Google and Netflix.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to come back to you and ask you about some of that. But while, while we're on this topic of... Um... More traditional products maybe we can develop to because uh, yeah, think, know, now, are you, so you are still teleco. selling some of these products
4: Yeah, so i, I mean i work with telco and african telco right so i probably give you a slightly different perspective on it um as a telco first I, I will answer your previous question and say what is vats right i think there is still a bit of room for some of the traditional services primarily because of the context right and the user and so, what 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 is happening though is rightfully a lot of the more traditional services are at end of life or just dying out. And so, to give you a high level view, if, if I look at my revenues uh, last year and what proportion was coming from traditional VAS, when I say traditional VAS, I will sort of mean SMS, perhaps USSD and IVR, the sort of you know services that we all knew and, and uh, or even RBT, where they would have accounted for about ninety percent, ninety five percent five years ago. Last year, they probably accounted for 30% or less, right? So that gives you an idea of how how big the shift has been. Uh, On the other side, though, uh, you will still find that a lot of the issues in the African or the Nigerian context, say where OTT players struggle because billing is a major issue, right? And so you still rely very heavily on the telco as a partner to get rich and to be able to collect payment. So a uh, direct carrier billing, for example. And because of that, you still have quite a significant reliance. So you, I don't expect that the you know fast will simply disappear. Right? It will evolve and there's certain things that have died out. So as you categories like bring back tones are more or less at the end of life and sort of dying out quite gradually and they expect to be really dead in another year or two. Um, but something like SMS, for example, right, while you're no longer seeing things like love alerts or news alerts. What has evolved is it's become a channel for very utility-based services, right? And so I'll give you simple examples. I want to check if my car papers are valid, or I want to check if you know very simple utility-based services that are effective and work very simply by USSD or uh, SMS, because connectivity is an issue. and. Uh, not every, you know, you still have only about four, just under 40% of people who are, who have smartphones and are then connected actively to the internet, right? So those issues, connectivity and, you know, the reliance on airtime as a form of billing mean that unfortunately, you know, fast as we know it will still be around for a while. So Tenny,
0: is is there, is, is this the same story for you? Are you, um, are you looking at sort of payment, uh, being an intermediary in payments and so on, as as a way of, um, of building your business.
1: Yeah, so um, Bola is very correct. You know, these, these these are core services that used to make a lot of um, revenue in the in the vast industry before mm. now, but um, subsequent to the demand of the customer and the shifts in um, you know disruption, we've seen that. Um, Carrier billing changing and all of that is affecting the rates at which customers are demanding. Um, Services are now being shifted towards sustainable services that are basically for, um, you know, corporates, so to say. Apologies for the noise. Yeah, services are shifted to corporates, so to say. Um, SMSs, USSDs, are being used by by organizations as against the value-added service that it used to be for. Um, also, we notice that regulation has a lot of influence in the change that we've seen so far. Uh, the fact that a lot of things are shifting, operators are coming with their own roles, um, the regulators are also coming with theirs. It's making um, some form of, you know, uh, there, there is no stability as it used to be any longer. So it's, the, the change is obvious, but we, we, we have issues with allowing um, disruption to take effect because there are so many rules from both the regulations and um, regulators and the telcos.
0: Could you give me an example of uh, uh, when regulation has changed the way that yeah. you do business?
1: Yeah. So um, recently, for instance, okay. So we work in Nigeria, Ghana, and Cameroon. Mm. Uh, I'll give you an example from Nigeria. You know, recently the regulator came up with um, bringing in an aggregator into the system, and you know the objective for bringing the aggregator is to allow the content providers to have a better chance of making you know substantial revenue from the from the service that it provides uh but as it is it's it's the, the discussion is still ongoing we 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 don't know if it's still gonna you know if the telcos will allow it because uh subsequent to this time, telcos has a major chunk when it comes to revenue, you know mm. like uh what I was saying the other time, the fact that the telcos calls the shots in our industry, they tell you, oh, this is how we want to play and is that you play it this way. Or you find another means. So um, the regulation, the regulators are coming in now and saying, "Okay, bring in um, an aggregator to, you know, step into the into the ecosystem and allow the content provider to call the shot At this time, that, that seems to be some form of um, an interesting thing that may help us. But um, until it happens, we are where we are right now. You know, it's still the telcos that cause the shot yeah. in our industry. So,
4: and, can, I, can, um, I just, also... can I just come in here? Tenny, can I just say something, right? I think the yes, outcome of all of this is a change in commercial model or approach, right? Where traditionally vast has been B2C, what we have seen is the emergence of, of new types of commercial models that perhaps, uh, you know, something like B2B2C, for example, right? And so mm-hmm. that model that relies on airtime or direct carrier billing as a matter of payment is changing very rapidly. And so what you're finding yeah. And new models that are emerging where you're having brands or corporates, not necessarily in the form of advertising, pick up the tab so that customers or end users can enjoy services for free via these traditional channels.
1: Yeah, so you, you can imagine the, the you know, we, there's an ecosystem here, for instance, that works in the vast sector as a group. We, the, we call us a wireless application service providers. Now, you can imagine having um, some form of a subscription management platform that is um, built by the vast providers it will it would have in a way enabled easy form of billing such that the monitoring of the platform and all of that will be managed by this group of people or the entity that calls itself the wireless application service provider as against what we currently have with the telcos the telcos are the one managing the subscription platform now so you can imagine having a billing of um, for the same content you have a billing of Say, um, you know, 50 cents in uh, in this on this telco platform, and then you have the same content going for 20 cents on another mm-hmm. platform. So, mm-hmm. all of that are the you know challenges that we face ordinarily here, and then coming with the rules and you know the 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 fact that procedures of getting your content on board on time takes a long time you know, all of that are the challenges that uh, value-added service providers face. Yeah. Tenny, Tenny makes That's a
2: good,
1: yeah, Tenny, Tenny
2: makes a, a a good point there and, and, and she, you know, hits the nail on the head when she says that, uh, uh, you know, you, ha- you have uh, uh, carriers and telcos making one set of rules. Um, and and as a content provider, we also understand and, and know perfectly where this comes from. And we've seen it indeed in, in Ghana with Waspak there and with Waspa in South Africa uh, and the carriers there that, um, if we rewind right uh, to the VAS uh, landscape five, six, seven years ago, there was a major rise in mobile advertising fraud. So all of a sudden, we were seeing uh, auto subscriptions, we were seeing malware in in terms of uh, uh, in-app auto subscriptions, uh, iframing, and the like. Some regulatory bodies, certainly in the self-regulatory markets like South Africa and Ghana, uh, uh, took immediate action to address that. Others took a bit longer. Uh, in the markets where where we couldn't find um, the correct or or couldn't put the correct measures in place to deal with it fast enough, understandably, the, the telco said, well, we need to put measures in place. We need to have a three-step verification process before a user can subscribe to a service. We want to do an OTP flow. Uh, uh, we want uh, uh, users to be completing a recapture and and pointing out what is traffic lights uh, in the blocks on the, on the picture uh, before they can uh, see their love match uh, this upcoming Valentine's Day. And whilst that was an understandable measure taken by carriers, again, this was five years ago. Now we need to look at how the, the industry and the ecosystem has evolved. We've seen the rise of cybersecurity mar- uh, uh, service providers. So we've seen the rise of, rise of specialized uh, solution providers who specialize in mobile advertising security. So on the one end, monitoring and and, and seeing uh, in terms of or via a uh, script that's just on the page whether the click uh, uh, is an actual user or not. And 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 these companies have are very capable to secure the payment process without it having an adverse effect on the end user flow. And what we've seen now, um, so now rewind only another one year, so a little bit more recent, is, is what seems to be the best approach or, or what seems to be a good formula is when you bring all these players together. So when you take content providers, you combine them with a uh, uh, reliable, uh, uh, if you want to call it anti-fraud partner or cybersecurity uh, uh, solution providers, and together we approach carriers or payment gateways and go we can take this bus uh, 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 you know out of your hands we can alleviate that problem via uh, like ten you would know a, a, a trusted uh, payment gateway or some sort of master gateway setup and at the end of the day if you have a if you have a, a unified subscription flow or a unified uh, 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 one payment process via the market uh, um, Firstly, it makes it less confusing to end users, and secondly, it addresses something that's that's just you know um, uh, inherently wrong. Like uh, on one carrier, the service costs uh, you know two dollars, and on the other carrier, it costs one dollar simply because carrier A doesn't uh, you know support billing this increment, and carrier B does or, or whatever. Mm. Mm. Can,
0: Can I we something here as well? Yeah, Christina, please do. Um, I
3: mean, Ansel really tackled the main issue we're facing, like globally on uh, on carrier billing. It's uh, it's a lack of regulation in uh, in many countries. And for example, we as telecom, I mean, we're not entering a lot of markets in the world because they are not regulated. You know, um, if uh, if we would decide to enter it, we know we would compete with local small local. Companies and players which take advantage of the lack of regulation and uh, it's um, uh, in many many markets it's uh, it's a big issue that uh, there is no master aggregator who's taking this very very difficult job uh, from the operators because many operators they don't have uh, enough staff to to do uh, all this and be on top on on the technology also like uh, no one on the operator side would know all the details uh, anti-fraud companies uh, which operate nowadays uh, would know about the details of how does an in-app auto subscription work and how can i protect from this and um, so um, there's a need for outsourcing of some of those jobs let's say it could be a master aggregator or it could be uh, involving an anti-fraud company uh, which overviews the payment platform and uh, This is this is mandatory for for most of the markets otherwise, it uh, will maintain like it was uh, in the past five years It was a big up and down in many markets because let's say one one guy is not playing by the rules It affects everybody oh. and uh, this this is a big issue in in, in the vast market that uh, there are, there's this little percentage of some players who not go by the rules and uh, which make it difficult for for the big serious companies uh, which are creating value for the customers and uh, trying to sell, sell their products um, and yeah this is, a, this is a big issue so regulation is a very very important topic um, I think um, for the next two three years um, uh, there need to be big changes in a, in a lot of markets And by regulation, I do not mean uh, um, three, four, five-step PIN verification flows. Uh, uh, The biggest advantage of DCB is a fast and easy payment, and this is mandatory and needs to stay. And uh, we should create a common understanding that a combination of proper protection by experts and uh, customer friendly payment flow uh, is doable you know and uh, that adding a pin verification or three four five more steps does not deliver any further protection for, yeah. uh, for consumer fraud
4: yeah yeah I, I, I think it, was that, it was that simple right but of course a lot of these issues are about reason from the vast industry not taking the onus to self-regulate itself right and so what you now have is the other extreme where there's a very strong pushback from the regulators, right? And and so I think it, it's a tough one. It's not, it's not very uh you know, it's, it's not as easy, it's not as easy as that because you have telcos, for example, who are suffering the backlash from their subscribers, right? Of these, you know, value-added services companies haven't you know you know gone gone to the extreme. I, I think the outtake will be that the industry will shift or the, the way the industry works will change quite dramatically. In Nigeria, I think that change has happened. And what you would is that there's probably going to be quite a lot of consolidation in the industry where some of the small players might disappear, right? Um, especially with the introduction of this new aggregator. Who is there? Are nine of them. So I guess it's not a single master aggregator, but there's this new entrance into the ecosystem. What is not clear, though, is what value that that player is going to bring. You know, it's going to you know it's going to bring to play. For one, you still need the telcos, and this is the key thing, especially in the African markets where. You know, delivering services as an OTT player is not that, vi- you know, it's not that viable because, you, you know, if you, if you look at Nigeria, for example, only 4% of people will make a payment with their cards, right? And so when you have payments, you know, numbers or volume so low via payment gateways, you rely on airtime. You still need the telcos. And so the answer to me has to be partnership. You have to partner with the telcos. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be a tough call. To so scale will be difficult.
1: Um, okay. I, I would like to add to that. Yes, yeah. I agree to the partnership. It's very, very essential because, of course, the Turco has a platform. Um, however, it's also important to note that, I mean, Turco's focus really is on their core services. What we bring is additional to the core services. It's value to the core services. It's disruption that can help it you know, and generate find, revenue and, and, and add value. You, you, yes, so I think you
4: find that any telco that is still relying on voice and, and, and data revenues will probably be dead very soon, right? So I no, think no,
1: I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm only saying your cost services have shifted, actually. It's no yes, longer voice. Yeah, so yeah. your cost services is, is shifting into a lot of things, payment and all of that as well. So I know. But nevertheless, the role that the vast plays is the fact that regardless of whatever it is you're building as your core services, we still bring the value. You know, we still bring the disruption because you, you can't own it all, you know. So it's, it's very important for, for, for us to be able to agree on defining roles that each player will be, you know, bringing on board. You mentioned the aggregators, for instance, in Nigeria, that um, their defined roles is not as clear as we want. That's where the regulators play. And I mean sometimes I, I also wonder the, the fact that even the regulators do not know the dynamism of our industry because it keeps growing every day. The customers so who's demand job it, is it to define them. Say that again? Whose job is it to define those roles? Um I think it's it's it, it's an ecosystem, so it should be uh, the partnership of every stakeholder in the in the system. It shouldn't be just one, because You know, like I said, the the telcos own the platform, we bring the value, the regulators make us do better. They make sure that our licenses are used by enforcing their own rules, making sure the licenses are used as expected. You remember there was a time we had the the DND issue where customers, and that's really affected the market, and I think it's also happened in Ghana, where customers are told, okay, so you can unsubscribe just by doing this and all of that even the customers that have good intention of subscribing to sustainable services that would have helped to make, you know, better things and uh, better value to them had to unsubscribe because of the, the the confusion that information was passing that, Oh, um, SMS is no longer in court as good as it used to be. It's now a way of taking your money and all of that. And that affected everybody, including the regulators as well, you know? So it's, it's, high time we started looking at how we can make sure that whatever it is we are building is sustainable it's not just limited to revenue it's driven by value look at the digital space for instance the fact that customers are shifting from SMS, like you mentioned, SMS and USSD, and now shifted into the digital space of oh, um, you can get everything you want with um, you know uh, a lot of social media platforms, a lot of so, um, um, streaming platforms, you know Netflix and the big giants and all of them, and they are coming into the into this developed, I mean, developing economies as well. So it's the demand that customers is playing that is causing the disruption that should help to make rules. That will guide everybody to play fair.
0: Okay, let's um, let's move this conversation away from regulation um, uh, because we could talk about this for hours. Um, so, Christopher, I'm going to come back to you. Um, Tennis just kind of raised the uh, raised the uh, the topic of, of kind of where what a role of an aggregator is now, um, given that there is so much content available to people. So, you talked earlier, Christopher, about. Um, some new services that you're developing maybe you could give us an insight into the the kind of future direction that you're looking at
3: okay um as an uh, aggregator or uh, you, you want to speak about the future products and services right
0: yeah well i mean obviously okay. as an aggregator traditionally you would have been creating content maybe now you are still creating content i don't know but certainly you'd be looking at curation and uh, payment services and so on
3: yeah, uh, I mean, in general, we as telecoming consider ourselves as a technology provider yeah. in, uh, in advertising technology and payment technology. And um, on the content side, um, we are developing content, uh, yes, and uh, we are curating content. We have, uh, we have hundreds of licensing partners where we gather content to fit into many different portals in, uh, in all kinds of verticals, which could be gaming, which could be e-learning, uh, which could be video streaming and uh, and many different more and um, to talk about some future services. Um, we currently see huge trend uh, in esports. Generally speaking, we see big uh, potential in sports because this is not widely covered by uh, by big OTTs. So I don't see any global. Uh, netflix or spotify for sports you know so this is still a very a very interesting um uh, vertical in general and um esports is is on the rise you see platforms like twitch uh, growing worldwide and uh, if you look at countries like south korea where on tv there's more esports uh, broadcast than regular tv broadcast um, this will grow rapidly during the next year. So this is for sure one of those um, verticals we're working on. Also, um, we talked about briefly about VR and AR is very interesting uh, as well. And on the VR side, we have uh, developed um, two years ago already very nice services where we gather uh, really nice games, um, um, which you play with a cardboard or any professional VR headset. And um, 360 videos, which can be viewed without uh, without a cardboard, where you, with your phone, where you can watch uh, like a nice movie or clips about nature uh, on your phone, and um, see the 360 degree view, which is uh, something still pretty new. And you you don't find this uh, for free also uh, on on the most common platforms. So there's still big added value, you know. Uh, coming back to us. Um, in, in this type of services so uh, I would say those are uh, uh, two of the bigger topics uh, besides of a uh, big topic I believe in the next years which will be cloud gaming um, which is now with Google Stadia and uh, the rollout of 5G services This during the next five years this this will be very big and uh,
0: change the gaming industry at all um, yeah and Ansel, what about you? What what sort of future trends are you anticipating? I think you're still on mute.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think uh, I think uh, Christopher uh, touched some of it, and and there's some mm-hmm. overlap there also in uh, in what we do in terms of AR, VR, and, and sports. And so so I won't go into that. Um, but looking more on on not um, uh, you know the the content itself that's being built, but but how and maybe it's uh, mm. something that we've not yet uh, discussed, and, and and that's mobile money, mm. and, and and that's something that uh, that we've spent uh, a better part of the last uh, two three years uh, really focusing on and really seeing how uh media can provide much of the uh, um, newest generation content that that is. More easy to monetize in the developing markets, how we can uh, uh, provide that to, uh, uh, sorry, in developed markets, how we can provide that to to developing markets, um, bearing in mind, of course, that the cost of data and the accessibility to data is a problem. Uh, We've looked at solutions like partnering with uh, um, uh, uh, suppliers who allow us to have the data sponsored um, and allowing users to not pay for this by means of, of DCB in that airtime might not be as easily accessible or available as mobile money is in markets like, uh, um, of course, Kenya uh, for some time already, uh, but Ghana also uh, uh, gaining traction there, Tanzania for some time. Um, I think what really opened the doors for that was late 2017, early 2018, when uh, uh, the iStore and Google Play accepted or started accepting uh, i as payment method, digital content and and what that meant is that uh, millions of users who had already been using mobile money uh, to transact uh, for physical goods uh, mm. for the first time could also use that as a payment method for digital content uh, which which they've been craving to get their hands on in any event but were either you know unbanked or, or, or not having a credit card or, or whatever the case may be. Um so, so that's something that, that we think will, will, will really be uh, um, worth watching in the, in the year going forward.
0: And how would Sam Media, what part would you play in that um, process?
2: Sure. So um, we've already gained some experience uh, initially in, in, well, let me take a step back. Um, on the continent, uh, we've been around since about uh, 2010, providing first traditional traditional value-added services, indeed, ringtones, mm. wallpapers, and the like. And we've grown into uh, uh, curating and also developing our own content uh, uh, with a much more localized label. So um, I, I'm South African. So starting there, also knowing the market a bit, we looked at you know what users really want and how that differs to you know what we've been selling in our home markets of of Malaysia, uh, the Netherlands, Western Europe, and so on. Um, from there, we spent a lot of time in Nairobi, spent some time in Accra, and, and trying to understand the market, uh, develop progra- uh, uh, uh services that that really speak to uh, uh, to local markets. One example being. Um, a feedback that we got from, from uh, some of our carrier partners in South Africa was that infrastructurally, uh, education remains a problem. So people are able to go to school, but it remains a problem to, to add to the basic education that governments provide with some sort of uh, um, additional tool or additional learning. Um, working with some universities in the Netherlands, we developed uh, uh, or were able to ultimately license a, a, a product that does exactly that. So it adds as an education boost, and it can be consumed uh, by means of uh, uh, daily interactions uh, uh, where kids and students and also the elderly that wish to uh, you know, better their IQ or, or, or uh, better their social uh, interaction and speaking skills uh, can track their progress. And, and, and on actual tangible uh, tests, uh, it's, it's also it's fun, but it's not just a game, it's a, it's a serious uh, actual medical product. Um, anyway, and 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 uh, working with uh, working with two carriers uh, in South Africa, we managed to start rolling that out. Uh, uh, and the next stop is uh, is uh, Kenya and Ghana. So I think that's where C Media uh, plays a role and continues to hope to play a role is to bring the uh, more localized content uh, yeah. um, to the correct audiences via you know the correct payment partners, be that yeah. sort of master aggregator or or uh, a local carrier that is that is looking to to add actual value with a good reputation. Uh, to their end users, Um, uh, uh, yeah.
0: And Tenny, um, uh, Ansel's just sort of touched on health, mobile health and that kind of thing. I know that you work in that area as well. Maybe you could tell us about some of the services you're offering.
1: Oh, yes. Um, uh, I was just going to also, um, you know, add to what Ansel just said now regarding Mm. payment services being one of the key key areas in the future, even in the health space. So um, before now, it used to be, you know, payment termination used to be via airtime and all of that. And then the telcos in this territory are also moving into, you know, they, they already they have licenses to allow payments via, you know, bank payments and all of that on their platform as well. So that is also enhancing the impact of um, payments for value-added services, including health services in Nigeria and in, in Ghana as well. You know, so the fact that the, the telcos can now um, allow payment gateway to be integrated to their platform, you know that is also helping um, for instance we we are building our payment gateways and integrating using leveraging on the existing connection that we have with the telcos right. to allow these same value added services but much more as based on demand of the of the of the customers in the health space for instance we have partners including some of the telcos that has exclusive partnership with them to provide health services with um, ensuring that the doctors are paid um, instantly when they render such services, and then the payment is not via airtime; it's not via you know bank transfers and all of that. So those are the the, the value that the health sector is also bringing in the space. Also, um, I, w- I wanted to add to one of the trending things that we are seeing, and and that is lottery. Um, here for instance, um, you know, lottery is like religion. So in every space, you see everybody, you know spending one or two amounts of money in playing lottery so that's another focus area you know another trend that will help boost the vast industry is um, lottery and games um also uh solutions like um you know sustainable solutions like agri, for instance are also helping the fact that the farmers can now get payment through the channels and you know interoperability is easy in Nigeria. Um, you know, is allowing easy flow of services and also allowing customer satisfaction. So I give you an instance: um, a farmer. There's 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 a value chain now that's you know is evolving it's it's not there yet but it's evolving the fact that the telcos allow payment makes it easy for these farmers to sell their goods using digital services and at the same time get their money everybody's happy the same we see what we see in Kenya it's you know transcending into other African countries and um you know it's just changing every time
0: and Bola what about you what what um what trends do you see dominating um Value-added services I mean, I, I from an think, operator
4: point of view. Yeah, I think everyone has covered quite a lot of what I, I see happening. <laughs> so the shift, for example, to mobile wallets instead of airtime as a means of payment, I think that's quite huge. And what that would do is that will shift the commercial models, you know, quite quite considerably. But outside of everything else everyone has mentioned, the, the other areas I see as emerging. So there will be there's a big push now for uh, telcos starting to monetize the assets that they have, right? Moving away from you know <laughs> what value-added services are, and so. Is, a, is quite a big push into that space. So you see people monetizing APIs, for example. Um, and so if you if you for example imagine trying to in a market like Nigeria in, in a lot of the African markets where data is probably not readily accessible, right? And so you want to do things like credit score people or you know find out you know, information like location and go confirm or verify addresses, what you're seeing is that the ecosystem is now you know starting to support those kinds of things. And so that that you know that model of what I call monetizing of existing assets, you know Primarily through things like APIs. Uh, uh, there's also an emergence of reliance on data, you know, sort of in you know, all that things that's being collected, you know, sitting some sort of analytics on it to then deliver, again, APIs that add more value to the broader ecosystem and not, not just the end user. And so for I me, mean, that's a big, you know, there's this big shift away from, you know, focus on the end user or, on the, or the simple B2C models to more. Uh, you know, B2B models or b 2 b to c models where, you know, where the telcos are interacting with developers directly or interacting with uh, brands directly who have, uh, you know, who have interests in, in where they, they feel that the telcos can meet their needs. That's number one. Secondly, I think messaging is also quite a big part as well. So, you, there's been you know, quite a big evolution of, of, of messaging, for example. You've seen your arrival of WhatsApp for business, for example. But then you've also got things like RCS, which are now taking off on the, on the continent. Nine for example, went live with RCS a couple of months ago, right? And we expect all the operators to follow quite quickly. And so those kinds of trends in areas like messaging are also uh, fast developing and sort of changing the story.
0: And hey Christopher, if I could come back to you here, um, so uh, Boa has just sort of um, talked about the um, evolution of uh, in, uh, aggregators towards um, providing perhaps B two B services rather than B two C services, and data analytics and and so on. Is that a migration that you've seen in your business?
3: Um, yes, for sure. So um, in on the B2B side, we are also working closely with many operators worldwide, providing, for example, anti-fraud technology, uh, providing a tool called Landing Manager, which is something which operators can use to uh, to manage all their sub aggregators to have unified payment payment uh, payment environment let's say and um, so we are pushing a lot also on the b2b side and I think this will also become uh, bigger during the next years and um, and we want to be on the forefront of this and then also um, we're um, I think we didn't really tackle the PSD2 yet, so there are also a lot of new um, business models opening up there on the ticketing side for parking, for concerts, and, uh so many new areas
0: opening up for um, for DCB payments. And Ansel, as we come towards the end of the webinar now, maybe we can go back to the beginning and you were talking about some of the, you know, almost merging with physical products and things like that. Maybe you could just, um update us on where you're at with those sorts of ideas
2: yeah i think i think that ties into a, a, a bit into something that uh, i i was just uh, thinking of, of mentioning as uh, um, christopher was speaking is is that uh, um we've now mentioned rcs and and i'm happy that nobody's mentioned blockchain and and, and at the risk of uh, using another buzzword but but we also we also have to remember that uh 5g um, and and what's clear, and and as I was preparing for the school, you know, watching some interviews on uh, also MEF and, and telemedia online, is, is there were uh, uh, no less than three instances where where representatives representatives of mobile carriers were quoted as saying that well, you know, five G is coming, but but we need something to shop for our connection. We will have this high speed internet. We will have no latency. We will have instant uh, instant data transfer. But 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 we need the content to show that off. And, and, and that's where things like uh, AR gaming and VR and, streaming and so will become important. And that's where uh, merchants like, uh, like ourselves and, and Christopher and, and, and others who've, uh, uh, you know, who've evolved together with the industry and, and who continue to evolve and, and who have the resources and the ability to, to you know, be at the forefront of, of what is trending and, and happening can actually deliver the content that can do justice to, to the technology that we have. And to the technology that that, that carriers are sitting on um, so uh, yeah I, that's uh, I think I think that uh, uh, ties to to what I said in the start in terms of also then adding that tangible digital element to it in, in, in some markets where where uh, where that's a nice uh, value add but I think uh, uh, the core is, is is that combination of, of uh, operators technology combined with uh, 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 the meat that we can put on their bones yeah the lack of a better
3: analogy well, i would like to add one one little thing here um so i also um believe that companies like uh, like ours or same media uh, that uh, we can really help operators to um to get a piece of the big cake from from all the contents out there which apple and google kind of took from them you know uh with the rise of apps um and um the operators are basically mainly earning from selling data and they are not earning money from selling apps and not earning money from selling games so and uh, with uh, the bigger aggregators uh, like us who have access to all kinds of contents to uh, big uh, gaming studios um, this is this is a nice way, and uh, I think it um for for operators also to increase their their revenue uh, from the part they missed while during the rise of uh, uh, the apps since 2008 basically when the iphone was introduced
0: okay well i think we've come to the uh end of our allotted time obviously we just there touched on 5g i mean we could have a whole other discussion about the impact of some of these technologies but what we do know is that people technologies might change, but people don't. They still want to be entertained. They want to express themselves. And obviously there's a mobile business here comprising operators and aggregators and so on that have been so very successful this in the past and will no doubt invent new products and services and uh, do the same for the next 10 years. So with that, I'm gonna thank uh, Bola, Anzel, Christopher and Tenney. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, look out for the article and the recording on the website. And until then, see you next time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Stu. Thank you, thank
3: you, everybody.
1: Bye. 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 Bye-bye.